Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. We are a church with a mission of inspiring ordinary people to live extraordinary lives for Christ. It really doesn't matter who you are, what you have done, or how you choose to worship. You belong here. We pray that this week's sermon blesses you and that you feel God's presence through it today. So for as long as I've been a minister, I've been wrestling with the question, what is it I need to do? What is it I should be teaching to help the people that God has put in my care go deeper in their faith? And until just recently, I thought if I could find just the right book, the perfect curriculum, create just the right class, I'd be able to solve that problem. So for years, I've been on this quest, reading books, looking into curriculum, and asking every minister I know, you know, what's the secret to discipleship? How is it that I help my people grow deeper in their faith? But then what happened in February of this last year, as I was attending um, the Disciples Leadership Conference in Kansas City, is that in the midst of Adam Hamilton, our speaker, talking about his book, The Walk, The Five Essential Practices of the Christian Life, that's when God kind of thumped me on the head. You guys know what I'm talking about when God kind of hits you on the head and all of a sudden you get something? And what God helped me to see in that moment, which I'd known, it's been there the whole time, is that the secret to helping my people go deeper in their faith is not going to be found in some book or a perfect curriculum. No, the secret to living a life walking with Christ is found in the simple practices that committed Christians have been doing for thousands of years. Because the truth is, when it comes to faith development and everything else for that matter, there's no magic bullet, right? There's nothing you can just do and it's done. If you just read this book, take this class, all that kind of stuff, you're going to have everything you need. No, that's not how it works. No, the secret to growing in your faith is found in and through creating good practices. Practices that will not only help you stay connected to God, but will also help you live out your faith on a day-to-day basis. Or the way I make sense of this is that in the same way to get and stay in shape, you can't just read a book, although it would be awesome if you could just read a book and stay in shape, right? No, you also just can't go on a diet for a month and that's it, or run once in a while. That's that's not how it works. If you want to get and stay in shape, it's all about creating good practices. You got to watch what you eat. You got to work out. You got to run. You got to create a great routine. That's how you get and stay in shape. Well, the same is true for your faith. It's all about developing and sticking with your spiritual practices. So with that in mind, what I'm going to be doing for the next five weeks is giving you the tools you need to go deeper in your faith. I'm going to be walking you through the five essential practices of the Christian life, which is a series that's based loosely on Adam Hamilton's book, The Walk, a book I would encourage all of you to purchase and read if this is something you want to you know, study in depth, and also to help you grasp just how important this really is. Right? This is not just a series we're going to do and forget. What you need to know is that not only are these practices something that we're jumping into now, But these practices are going to become a part of our DNA. These are going to become foundational in this church. And that if you're a member of this church, these are the practices we want all of you to begin to give your lives to. So much so that everyone who joins our church from now on is going to get a copy of the book, The Walk, so they can understand who we are and what we are all about. 
And to add to that, we've also got some uh, Sunday school classes, some Bible studies that are going to be doing this exact same thing. They're going to be walking through this to go deeper in this. And then starting next week, which I'm really excited about, our youth and children are going to do the same study. Right? We're going to get on the same page when it comes to these fundamentals. So what that means is, is we're kind of beginning now, but this is something that's going to be a part of our church life for a long time to come because this is what it looks like. This is what it takes to walk with Jesus. Okay, so, so now that you get the importance of this series for your life in the church, what we're going to do now is we're just going to jump right into essential habit number one, which is worship. So what I found as I began to do some research regarding worship as it was practiced in the Old and in the New Testament is that even though these styles are drastically different, right? The Old Testament, it was sacrifice. The New Testament is kind of like what we do today. What you'll find when you strip these different styles down to their core is that the purpose for both of these styles is the same. The core is the same. Worship is about developing and living into relationship with God. It's about connecting, right? That's what worship is all about. Or remember in the Old Testament, animal sacrifice was, was not about a God who was angry and, and needed some blood. No, that's not how it happened. No, sacrifices in that time and place, the way they understood it, is they were offering God a gift to say thanks, to apologize as a way of developing and living into relationship with God, which is exactly the same thing that was going on in the early church. In that after Jesus' death and resurrection, the main way Christians went about developing and sustaining their relationship with God was as a community gathering together once a week, right? Sunday mornings, they got together and they sang, they made confession, they took communion, they fellowshiped, and they learned about God. Or to, to, get, about, to get at this foundation in, in just a bit different way, what I want you to do is I want you to think about what it takes to develop a meaningful relationship with someone else. And that, when you think about it, relationships are, are built on spending time with the other person. I mean, the more time you spend, the more intimate it gets. Or, or, or think about, compare how close you are to that crazy uncle that you see only once a year to the people that you're living with in your house right now. Well, what that puts into perspective when it comes to the importance of worship is that if you want to grow closer to God, if you want to go deeper in your faith, then just like with any other relationship, you've got to put the time in. You have got to make showing up a priority in your life. Or to give you a simple way to think about this, a way that we all kind of can get our brain around, let's think about it in terms of grades, right? 100 to 90 is an A. 7970 is a C, 8980B, and, and you guys kind of get the rest of that. So, of course, if you're making it to worship 90% of the time, you're going to be killing it. Your, your connection, your relationship with God is going to be solid. 8980, not too shabby. 7970, probably needs a little work. And D's and F's, right? Probably not very good. Or if you're wondering why your relationship with God is feeling distant, or you feel like you're doing this life alone, I would encourage you to take a moment. And try to count how many times you've showed up in the last six months. And I think you'll begin to understand what's going on, right? And please know, I'm not trying to be harsh here. I'm not trying to give anybody a guilt trip. That's not my goal here. No, what I want you to get is just how important the practice of worship really is. I mean, this really is one of the most important places where we come to connect with God. So if we don't have that, 
we're missing out on a huge part of what it means to live in relationship with our God. Or to give you a sense of why worship is so important, First of all, worship is kind of like a charging station for our lives. How many of you have one of these smartphone thingy-mabobbers? Right? So in the same way we have to plug in our phones so that they can have the energy and the life that they need to do what we need them to do, I believe worship is one of those places where we have to come and plug in. This is where we get recharged. This is where we get the energy and the life to, to go out and do all the things that God created us to do. Without which, what begins to happen? Yeah, it's not good. It, it, it doesn't work in the way it needs to work or at all. Worship is also a kind of reset button for our lives. Or in the same way, from time to time, we have to reset or restart our computers when they start acting funny. Worship is the place we come to reset our lives once a week. And, and all because when you think about it, most of us today, just to keep up, are running around like chickens with our heads cut off. Can I get an amen? amen? Right? I mean, there's work and there's school and all the stress and craziness that goes along with that. Then there are kids, right? And apparently our kids are now required to be a part of every extracurricular activity that has ever been invented. I don't know what that's all about. There's adulting, right? Just doing what you have to do to pay the bills and care for your stuff. And then even for those of you who are retired and the kids are gone out of the house, right? There are those doctor's appointments and tests you have to attend just to stay alive. I don't care who you are. That's funny. That's a good burn. <laughs> Which means by the end of the week, we all look and feel something like this. Doesn't that picture just sum up how you feel on the inside most of the time? So what worship does for us is it allows us a chance to reset, recharge. Because in this place, we get about an hour to lay down those burdens and sins, to find forgiveness and freedom, to be reminded that the world does not revolve around us. But most importantly, this is the place where we get to spend time and connect with a God who is with us and for us and wants to help. A God who loves us so much that he gave everything to know and be known by us. How amazing is that? And then the bonus to all of that is, is you're also going to find a whole lot of delightful people who are willing to walk with you through this oftentimes overbearing and difficult life as your brothers and sisters in Christ. And I also want to mention that you can also drop your kids off at the nursery or children's church for some much-needed adult time. Where are my young parents out? Can I get an amen on that deal? You're welcome. That's a huge deal. But then what I want to do to push this idea of worship beyond what happens on Sunday morning, for, for me, the other practice that is mandatory if you want to walk with Jesus which is just a, a smaller form of worship, in my mind, is prayer. Because when you think about it, what's true of worship is also true of prayer. Except this is something that you do on your own on a daily basis. Or really all prayer is, when you break it down to its essence, is taking some time during your, during your day to have a conversation, to spend time with God so you can connect. 
Really, that's what, that's what prayer is. It doesn't have to be anything more than that. And please know, you don't have to get on your knees and put your hands together in a certain way to talk to God. No, you can do it anytime, anywhere, any way you want to do it. I know some people, because they have nothing else to do in the shower, they use that as an opportunity to talk to God. Others have told me this is something that they do throughout their day, right? Things will pop up and they just begin to pray about it. Others use their morning commute. They turn off the radio. They begin to talk to, to God in the, in the car or they just begin to talk on the inside of them. The way I go about it, because my mind wanders, is I write my prayers out. I'm, I'm a prayer journaling super freak. That's, that's where I connect with God. So just find what works for you and go do it, right? And then when it comes to the how-to of prayer... Start with the Lord's Prayer. That's, that's the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It's, it's simple. Or just start talking. Just start talking. But if, you, if you'd like to get a little bit more organized, if you want to go a little bit deeper into this stuff, what I've been using lately is this method called ACTS. And what ACTS stands for is Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, and Supplication. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. So adoration, you take a moment and you just begin to praise God for who he is. Confession, we get that. You, you confess your sins and ask God to forgive and set you free. Thanksgiving, taking a moment to praise God for, for anything that comes to mind, health, wealth, air conditioning, indoor plumbing, all that kind of stuff. And then last but not least, supplication is just asking God for what you need. It's praying for others. Or when you're really desperate, it's just yelling out, help. And please know this is not something you're required to do two hours a day. Man, if you'll just take anywhere from two to five minutes and have a conversation with God, you will find it recharges, resets, and allows you to connect with God in deep and life-transforming ways. And yes, it really is that simple. This is not rocket science here, right? Show up, pray. Show up, pray. But the thing I want you guys to realize here is we don't belong to a microwave kind of faith. And what I mean by that is we're re we really like to throw things in the microwave for like, you know, 10 seconds, a minute, and it's done. That's not how this process works. No, living uh, the walk is more like a crock pot. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? You set it in the morning and it takes time or it's more like a smoker. So don't get overwhelmed if things don't happen right away. What you'll notice is if you give your life to this stuff is that slowly but surely God begins to shape and mold you into the person he created you to be. So don't get mad at God if something doesn't happen because you've done it once, right? No, this, this, is, a, this is a slow process. This takes time. Okay, so now that you guys get the importance of worship and kind of understand at the deepest level what worship is, the truth is if you want to be the person that walks with Christ on a daily basis, if you really want to be one of those people that have that connection and are going out and doing great things for Christ in the world, this is the place you start. This is the foundational piece from which everything else flows. Every devoted Christian I know that is doing good things in this world you will find this is a huge part of their life. And without it, they wouldn't be who they are today. So, let me encourage all of you 
Stop making excuses and just do it. Right? Man, we're good at excuses. Man, we don't have time for this. Don't have time for that. Excuse. Just do it. If this is the life that you want to live, you've got to just do it. And the amazing thing about if you'll set your life to this, God's going to show up and begin to shape and mold you into the person he created you to be so you can ultimately go out and live into the extraordinary life he created you for. I can lead the horse to water, but I can't make you drink. You've got to make the decision for yourself. So to, to help you in this journey of worship, of, of making this a huge part of your life, uh, I'm going to share with you one of my favorite psalms. And the reason I share this particular psalm, which is 95, 1 through 3, this is an ancient invitation to worship. And so I read this to you as your invitation to give your life to worship. It says this, Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. Let us pray. Father, it is my prayer that all of us will begin to understand that this is what it looks like to walk with you. It's not like you're asking us to, to go crazy with anything. No, Lord, you just want us to show up. You just want us to make a little bit of time in our day to connect and recharge and be transformed. So today, Lord, is my hope that we'll stop making excuses. We'll stop um, saying, I'm going to do it next week, and we'll just do it. We'll just take time once a week to show up and worship and honor you and connect, and then every day we'll take a moment to pray to say thanks, but most importantly, to meet you there. So Lord, teach us, teach us to live this. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon, and we hope you are able to join us next week. To learn more about FCC Great Bend, visit us online at firstchristianchurchgb.com. Again, that's firstchristianchurchgb.com. God bless and have a great week.